0: At first, it's, it's really shocking, but I would say it also is kind of gives you a boldness to see it, to see how other people stood up.
1: You really need to know what, what is going on. You need to hear these stories of the people and the parents um, and their kids and what's happening. And it's, it's just heartbreaking.
2: I was surprised at how many dots that it connected at,
0: at the depth of the tentacles of what's going on because you can just take the surface issue of LGBTQ
2: and and then when you start peeling the onion, it just keeps going and going. And then you have have BlackRock and you have
0: Schwab and you have Habari. yeah, and, and it's just so diabolical. And it goes back to those 45 communist goals. And, and it's just rolling out in front of our eyes. And I don't know how to wake people up. <laughs> it's terrifying on one hand. On the other hand, it's like, thank
1: God you've got these people who, you know, caught it ahead of time and their kids are okay. And they're, you know, and now they're speaking out about what happened to them. And then there's the other one, the father, who yeah. has lost his kids. And um, and it's like people yes. really, really need to hear that that story.
2: It's just something you need to see. You know, <laughs> it's, you, you need to get informed.
1: Get your tickets at dysphoriamovie.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber, a behind-the-scenes of our filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features, where we are creating documentary films about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective and pursuing truth above all else. I'm Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, author, director, speaker, Mark Archer. righty then. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting FearlessFeatures.org. All right. So before we get back into our end times prophecy study, are these the last days? We found it fitting being the week of Thanksgiving just to reflect on all that the Lord has done and the blessings that he's bestowed upon us. And we just want to thank all of you, our listening audience, for joining us and tuning in and sharing these episodes It's been an incredible journey with you.
0: Mm -hmm. And in honor of our dangerous audience (laughs) who listens to this dangerous podcast, this one's for you. You're everyone's problem. Thank you for being here.
1: (laughs) Thank you for being here. I think a lot of people don't realize, and maybe I I just want to back up just briefly before we get into a few articles that you have today and Mm -hmm. we get into our study. Um, I was speaking with someone at church and telling them about our filmmaking ministry, and... One of the things that they didn't realize is that we are full-time missionaries. Just for people who are listening and don't understand, this is a ministry of Mark and I's that the Lord has called us to. So if you are interested in helping supporting us as missionaries and to keep this program going and movies going, you can learn more about us at fearlessfeatures.org.
0: Yeah, we walked away from the corporate world and um, basically this is what we do full-time. Yeah. And, this is full time. And we do need support because we ran out of money a long time ago. So <laughs> hey, but our
1: God is a good God, owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and continues to provide. And that's why we are so thankful, especially this Thanksgiving season. We are just we are beyond blessed to have you as a listening audience and sharing the work that we do and the what the Lord has called us to do so that we can continue to pursue our calling.
0: I don't like you because you're dangerous. <laughs>
1: You and your buttons. Okay, moving on. So, happy Thanksgiving to everybody.
0: I do need, I do need, we do need funds because I need some new buttons.
1: Okay, okay.
0: If you want to sponsor a button.
1: Oh, my word. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's an idea.
0: Sponsor a button. That's, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Before we get back to our Bible study, I did want to share a couple of articles that I've been saving for a few weeks. Okay. You know, BLM.
1: Oh, Black Lives Matter. Gotcha. Buy
0: large mansions,
1: or or how does my dad say it? Bacon lettuce mayonnaise.
0: Bacon lettuce mayonnaise.
1: Okay.
0: BLM activist Z- Zara Saleem gets prison time for fraud. Oh wow! You don't oh, say. Gosh, I feel so. I'm broken up about it. Uh, this is from. I think this is out of Great Britain. <clears throat> uh, sentenced to two and a half years in prison for fraud. Twenty three years old. Previously served as the director of Changing Your Mindset, a charity for disadvantaged youths in Bristol. This is UK. Gaining prominence for organizing a June 2020 protest in Bristol in response to the death of George Floyd. Wow. The BBC said that this protest gained notoriety when demonstrators toppled the statue of the 17th century slave trader Edward Colston, subsequently tossing it into Bristol Harbor. Salim was a key figure in orchestrating the event. During the protest, Salim initiated a fundraising campaign to purchase personal protective equipment to adhere to COVID-19 safety regulations. Mm. So what she should have done was raise money for buttons. (laughs) However, it was revealed that Salim had diverted more than 32,000 pounds. It's their version of the dollar. um, From the fundraising account into her personal bank account. Um, paying for things like um, over 2,500 transactions. Um, Judge pointed out that in the absence of a business account to pay the money into, the decision was made to pay it into your own account as an interim measure. (laughs) Uh, She used the funds for various personal expenditures, including living expenses, the purchase of a new iPhone. I always love how these rabid anti-capitalists go out they, they pill for money and then go buy themselves a new iPhone because they hate capitalism. Um, hair and beauty appointments, clothing, orders on Amazon, takeout meals and taxi rides. There is some justice in the world. Um, how about this one? Okay. Seven pedophile witches and wizards found guilty of raping, torturing kids as part of a satanic... Beastie House. Yuck. Yes. Uh, This is from Infowars. Seven UK citizens were found guilty of child abuse on Tuesday, ending a nine-week trial at the High Court in Glasgow, Scotland, focusing on a disturbing ring of satanic pedophiles. Between 2012 and 2019, five men and two women violently and sexually abused two boys and two girls of primary school age. The sickening details of what took place in the flat, that's their version of an apartment, (laughs) known as the Beastie House, included cult rituals, rape nights, and more. One of the girls held at the home told the court she was once put in an oven in addition to a padlocked refrigerator and a cupboard full of beetles and spiders. The group of pedophiles would use drugs and alcohol in front of the kids as well as encouraged the kids to do the same. One of the sexual predators would pin down a kid while the other adults watched and cheered some, even filming the molestation. Eleven people were on trial, but the court only convicted seven of sex abuse and rape, with four being hit with attempted murder charges as well. Wow. Attorneys and prosecutors said during the trial, the group was essentially a satanic coven of witches and wizards who cast spells and tried getting the children to engage in a cult practices
1: mm-hmm. well and trying to help people understand the depth of these occult
0: the depravity
1: yes yeah. and why especially why it's important that we show it through dysphoria through yeah. our new movie is you know just starting and we only barely scratched the surface but seeing how these occult members have access to Children in oh, yeah. the schools, oh, yeah. uh, and if and if you haven't noticed, there have been many many satanic after school clubs, mm-hmm. uh, the Satan clubs yeah. that have been popping up all over the country. Uh, you know, after school clubs, and they're just here to help kids. You know, right, they're right. they're just here to help kids. Right.
0: That's that's the lie that they like to sell. Mm-hmm. This one's interesting, and I would and this love- is the last article. <clears> this <throat> is the last one I have. Mm-hmm. This one's interesting, and I I wanted to. Uh, get your opinion on this this is from fox okay gen z wants less sex in movies and television
1: uh what age range is the gen z
0: gen z gen z teens and young adults so these okay. are teens early 20s okay are having less sex than past generations and want less sexually explicit content shown in the media they watch mhm the teens and screens report out of the UCLA school for scholars and storytellers found that 51 and percent of adolescents would prefer to see more content that prefer that p- portrays platonic relationships and close friendships.
1: Mm-hmm. Everybody's tired of the hookup crowd. You know, it's the only ones pushing that are the, the perverted sex mm-hmm. education <laughs> that we learn through, through the mind polluters.
0: Yeah. Well, this is, it's interesting here. it. <clears throat> um, The study also found that 44.4% of youth surveyed felt that romance in media was overused. In comparison, 39% would like to see a greater number of aromantic or asexual characters depicted in the media.
1: Because, you know, and I can only imagine because it has gotten so perverse and so twisted now. People are just fundamentally, especially at that age, that's... It's all about, you know, it's in their faces constantly. Mm -hmm. And so you just look for something normal and not so... Yeah,
0: it's an interesting discussion. Is it because they're tired of it or is it because they're so desensitized? I mean, it's one thing to say I want to see, I don't want to see so much sexual content. It's another thing to say I want to see more platonic and asexual characters.
1: Uh, Well, that's an interesting... Conclusion, I think yes. Is it because
0: <laughs> right it's I mean
1: Yes and no? I I don't know. It's weird
0: because on the one hand you go, well, this is good. Uh-huh. This is this is this is good news, but is the reason for it good?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Is the,
0: you know, is what's causing it because it doesn't say anywhere in here that it's because they're finding Christ. Right. It's because, well, there's too much exposure to this stuff online, and, you know, the online culture has kind of dulled their senses and blah. Okay. So, what happened? Is it because they're tired of it, or is it because we're we're now watching a generation of asexual individuals that are not interested in,
1: Oh, that would be dangerous
0: in marriage and yeah. rela- ma- romantic relationships.
1: Yeah, that would be dangerous.
0: Right. That's my question.
1: Yeah. I, th- I bet somebody's out there studying that right now.
0: I'm and, sure and that we'll, they are. And
1: we'll get that information <clears throat> soon. <Yes. laughs>
0: um, it's an interesting article. I would like for somebody else listening to read that article and, let us know what your thoughts yeah. are it. Yeah.
1: How do you read it? How do you, what's your takeaway?
0: Yeah. Cuz I I'm not sure what to think. I I'm I'm happy about the results. I'm not so sure I understand the reason why. Yeah. Yeah. And I I because it I doesn't don't, say I don't if think it's, that it's coming anybody. from if it's coming from UCLA Yeah. that they're you know that they're not going to say, "Well, they've all found Jesus." Yeah. Right. And I don't think that that's the reason why. I do think that it has to do with, I, I think that s- some of their conclusions are right, that it has to do with desensita- desensitization. Yeah. Because we're so...
1: I would have to guess that that would be a so, good and accurate yeah. theory.
0: Could it also have something, Some. Uh, some causality... With the fact that now culture, we're pushing LGBTQ and everything is meaningless. Yeah, could be. And so romantic relationships are seen as as meaningless. Just my.
1: And traditional. My theory. Traditional marriage between a man and a woman, Mm -hmm. you know, and family is, you know, becoming more and more outliers in in society. And so how do you reconcile that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, it's going to be interesting. It's so, going to be interesting to see. Okay. But beyond that, the Lord's coming.
0: <laughs> okay, so in other news then, if you're in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area, mm-hmm. and you're listening to this on the week of Thanksgiving, guess what? Next Friday, December 1st.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why do you keep calling it December 1st? Cuz <laughs> you're driving me nuts.
0: Cuz it's December 1st. That's No. Why. Uh, at Concordia Theological Seminary, we are having another screening of Dysphoria. Yes. And I have to give a couple of shout outs to number one, Patriot Mobile. Mm-hmm. They, have, uh, they were the ones that stepped up and helped launch Dysphoria uh-huh. by helping us get the premiere done. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, don't, we say all the time that we don't take influencer money, and we don't. Uh, Patriot Mobile watched the film and said, we love it, we're in, how can we help? Mm-hmm. And so that's why we, we have uh, kind of partnered with them on this. Mm-hmm. So if you're uh, looking for cell phone coverage, you know, Patriot Mobile, uh, use dis, uh, promo code dysphoria, mm-hmm. right? And it's free activation. Yeah. So that's cool. But also we need to give a shout out to Bot Radio Network. Absolutely, because they are one of our presenting sponsors for this screening coming up on December first. Thank you. At Concordia Seminary, <laughs> Bot Radio Network has been a—they've been great supporters of ours through the years since we started doing Fearless Features uh-huh. with Inwood Drive. So, in fact, if you've watched Inwood Drive, we filmed in their studio in Fort Wayne. That's right. There's a, a scene in there with Kathy Humburger and Curtis Hill. Mhm. So, you should come out. Where can I get tickets?
1: Thesporiamovie.com. Dys- There's an easy access link in the show notes.
0: Okay. So, now we're going to move on to part 5 mm-hmm. of
1: Are These the Last Days?
0: Are these the last days with Professor Archer Senior.
1: Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we're talking about – we spent the past couple of weeks talking specifically about Matthew 24. We're not going to go too much deeper into that. Now we're going to talk about end times prophecy in general.
1: Right, and there are charts that you're going to want to download, and those will also be in the show notes. Yes,
0: make sure that you get the charts because we uh, we refer to them all through the interview here. So you want to be able to see those, and it's got – uh, graphics and timeline and verses referenced on there so you're going to want those and and uh, follow along so
1: without further ado the state of texas took jeff Younger's son away and is trying to turn the boy into a girl Think it can't happen in your community? Think again. Join Bot Radio Network at a screening of the new film, Dysphoria, Friday evening, December 1st, in Sealer Auditorium at Concordia Seminary. Doors open at 6 p.m. The movie starts at 6.30. Get your tickets at dysphoriamovie.com or text the word Fort Wayne, all one word, to 80888.
0: Okay, so part five now of Are These the Last Days? Mm-hmm. So we're going to specifically not talk about, um, Matthew 24 now, because we've sort of established over the past few weeks that that is really about Israel and it goes deeper and deeper into, um, the end times, uh, events. But in order to understand that we need to understand where we are in the grand scheme of things, right? So so we want to make sure that you download the chart from the show notes. Yes. Yes, that's and it's, correct. It's entitled "End Times Prophecy," mm-hmm. and uh, it's got a timeline with the uh, cross and uh, all the sevens and.
1: And it'll be the only one in the PDF that has a number three in the lower right-hand corner. Is what we're focusing on today because we're going to look at the biblical mysteries explained.
0: Okay, biblical mysteries explained. So. With that,
1: let's pray.
0: The Professor Extraordinaire. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Archer is here Uh, to teach us uh, again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's start out with
2: a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with hearts that are just overflowing with the grace that you have given to us. Because we have trusted in Christ, you have adopted us as your sons and daughters, and uh, it is a privilege beyond belief. So we come to you this morning as we open the Word of God. We want to praise you first for your teaching to us. You have revealed these things to us, and so by your grace, we open your Word, and we pray that the Spirit of God would do the teaching through us. And uh, that it would just be beneficial to everyone. Thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you.
0: Okay, Professor. (laughs) Where Where shall we start? Where shall we begin?
2: Well, probably we ought to begin by uh, when you're looking at this chart, the end time prophecy chart, we ought to do uh, just a real quick run through of what we had covered before. Um, In the book of Daniel, if you look in the upper uh, right-hand corner, uh, there's a box that says Daniel 9, verses 24, 25, and 26. And these are copied out of the New International Version, NIV. If you have a different Bible, some of the wording will be slightly different. Um, At the time when I made this chart, the NIV was... Uh, kind of the, the most prevalent. Go to. Go-to. Mm-hmm. Go-to. <laughs> and I really like the NIV, but uh, we are currently using the, the ESV for uh, many of the verses that we're going to quote. So at any rate, if you look at verse 24, uh, this is a prophecy that was given to Daniel um, in the Old Testament, and it was given hundreds of years before the birth of Christ. But in verse 24, it starts out and says seventy sevens. And you notice it's sevens, uh, either is in italics or it has quotes around it because it's sevens actually in the Hebrew is talks, talks about seven groups of seven. And in this case, as we go through the scriptures, it becomes absolutely clear that each seven is seven years. So this is 70 groups of seven years. So that would be 490 years total. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people, that is the Jews, and your holy city, that is Jerusalem, to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So the thing that we draw from this, I mean, you, could, you can literally spend weeks just analyzing that verse because there are uh, five or six things that are specifically listed that are going to be accomplished by the Lord himself on the Jewish people and on the city of Jerusalem. Verse 25, no one understand this from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. And if you look at the chart, the chart on the very left side is where that historically was done. It was done in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Uh, that's the historical record of that. Uh, historians have translated that into uh, our current date system, and so that happened on March the 5th, 444 B.C. At that point, the decree was given uh, in verse 25 to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Jerusalem had been d- totally destroyed. Uh, the walls were torn down. Everything was in shambles. But there was a decree to rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one. Now, uh, depending on your translation, the anointed one probably is in capital letters or in somehow uh, set, set out, set apart, and the anointed one is a reference to Christ, Uh, So this is, it's it's so interesting. This is a prophecy that says uh, the Jews have always been looking for the return of Christ. They want Christ to come. And Daniel was given the exact time that he would come. I mean, it's it's just, and and we know this because from the time that uh, the decree goes out, which is in 444 B.C. There will be seven sevens in verse 25, and 62 sevens, and those two are are separated because the seven sevens, which is 49 years, is the amount of time that it took to rebuild Jerusalem, and then the the remind the remainder, uh, the 62 sevens, is just the history of uh, what goes on between that point and Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And that is dated as March 30th, 33 AD. So it's actually um, 483 years, which is 173,880 days. And the reason that is important is because it is Exact, it is to the day. from the time that that uh, command to rebuild Jerusalem, four hundred and eighty three years later, to the day Christ enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, what we now refer to as Palm Sunday, at, on riding on a donkey, uh, entering Jerusalem as the king. As their king, and they accept him as king, they pronounce Hosanna to the king as he comes in. Several days later, they're crying out, crucify him. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the summary of that chart of where we are right now. Christ is cut off. Uh, As you see the cross on the chart and interestingly enough, when you look at this chart, there's something missing. You'll notice that there is absolutely nothing about the resurrection of Christ, which is absolutely fantastic. Because he lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's
0: also nothing about the birth of Christ.
2: Right. Right. It it doesn't talk about what we celebrate as Christmas, uh, which isn't really exactly right either. Um, But there's nothing about the birth of Christ. There's nothing about the resurrection of Christ. There's nothing about the day of Pentecost. There's nothing about the church. There's nothing about anything except the crucifixion. And the next thing that is listed is the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, which happened in A.D. seventy. And then from there on, the only thing that is mentioned in the scriptures here in this passage is, to the end, wars and rumors of wars.
1: Right. And let's just clarify for people who are just tuning, tuning in, and this might be your first time. And when we're saying that there's nothing mentioned about those things, it's because we're looking in Old Testament and, and Daniel.
0: Right. <laughs> and let just point out who Daniel was. This is Daniel of Daniel in the Lion's Den right fame right this That's is daniel. The daniel he was a prophet so right
2: okay so let's look at the blue box um that is below the cross there just a the big blue box with some information in it there obviously there are some things that are missing uh there's no reference to um Pentecost, no no reference to, the, to uh, the birth of the church. And what we really want to know is why. Mm-hmm. Why is there nothing there? And if you look at that information in the blue box, we, uh, there's a couple of verses there. And there's another one that I didn't have room to put in there. But if you look up Romans chapter 16, verses 25 through 27— Uh, Maybe you could look one of those up and read that for us. So it's the doxology? Romans 16, 25.
1: Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore
2: through Jesus Christ. Amen. So look back at verse uh, 25 where it talks about the mystery.
1: Mm-hmm. According to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages.
2: So what is recorded there in the book of Romans is that God had Held a secret throughout all the Old Testament, um, and the, and the secrets are re, are recorded as a mystery. Now, the thing that you want to remember is that in the Scripture, a mystery is not like something that we would see on on television. Uh, you know, where we have something that's hidden. Uh, the mystery that is talked about is defined here in Romans chapter 16 and in several other verses. Um, it's basically that God hid, intentionally hid, what he was going to do uh, with the church and with the resurrection and the, the whole New Testament. He hid it from Daniel. Daniel did not know what this was. And I can tell you that when God hides something, it's hidden. And on purpose. It's hidden and it's on purpose. But what Romans chapter 16 tells us in verses 25 and 27, it is hidden, but it is now revealed. So the primary revealer is the Apostle Paul. Uh, Paul was, as is recorded in 2 Corinthians, Paul was caught up to heaven and was actually at the throne room of God, and he was taught all of these secret things that we call mysteries, or we call mysteries. God calls mysteries. He defined it as a mystery. And God taught Paul face to face, and then he sent Paul back to earth with the express instruction that he was to teach the mysteries. And so Paul taught the mysteries to us, to the church, and the reason why we have all these mysteries recorded in the scriptures is because Paul taught them specifically from the Lord himself. So these mysteries are no longer a mystery. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 7 and 8 tells us why God held them as mysteries. We have to understand that there is something going on in this universe that we do not see, and that is a battle between God himself and Satan. And Satan has a plan. It's clearly revealed in Scripture. Satan's plan is to set himself up on the throne and have the whole world bow down and worship him. And and that battle is going on right now, today, and it is a fierce battle. It is between Satan and his angels, which are called demons and God's holy angels, uh, which are d- following his instructions totally. So this um, mystery was specifically to hide from Satan what God was going to do when Christ died on the cross. Mm-hmm. When, when uh, Christ was crucified— Satan was undoubtedly standing in the sidelines cheering and saying, I won, mm-hmm. I won. But in fact, what, what he did not know is Christ was going to rise from the dead, <clears throat> that he was going to then destroy totally any chance that Satan would have. And so, if you look in First Corinthians chapter two, which is down there in verses uh, seven and eight, it says, "None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they would if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, because when they crucified the Lord of glory, they were sealing their own fate and so if they had known about this they would never have crucified and and Christ had to be crucified everybody should understand that the crucifixion of Christ is absolutely necessary and <clears throat> we look at that and we say wow i is that did god plan that and the answer is mm-hmm. yes You remember in the garden Mm -hmm. that Jesus uh, was just before the crucifixion. He prayed to God, if there is any way possible, Mm -hmm. please let it pass from me. And God told him, there is no other way. You have to die. And Jesus said, whatever you want, I will do it. And so he submitted himself to the will of the Father so that you and I would have eternal life, have the gospel, the good news.
1: Which is why he's
2: called the suffering servant. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So that's what's on the, on the chart, except uh, what's on the chart is all that's revealed in the Old Testament. It doesn't show... The resurrection of Christ. It doesn't show any of that because it was God's plan to not reveal it to Satan. He wanted Satan to go ahead and and think that he was winning, and uh, in effect, he would seal his own fate. So that's the reason the mysteries are there, and it's also the reason why when you look at these charts— you find out that there is no details in there, and nothing about the resurrection, nothing about the birth, uh, the the birth of the church, which happened on the day of Pentecost, and nothing about the rapture, nothing about all of those things. They're just hidden. There was no revelation in the Old Testament. Um, with 2020 hindsight, we can now. With all the New Testament as our guide, we can look back at the Old Testament and say, oh, wait a minute. That was what that was about. But there was no way to understand it in the Old Testament by itself.
1: And it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's also the, the Jews still only believe what is in the Old Testament.
2: Exactly.
1: So they don't have the mysteries revealed that Paul brought
2: to teach us. And as far as the the Jews are concerned, uh, that's a very good point. Let's just uh, amplify that a little bit. In the Old Testament, um, the revelation that was given to the Jews in the Old Testament was a picture of Christ coming as the King of kings and Lord of uh, glory. He was... Going to come, he was going to defeat all of the Jews' enemies. He was going to do everything and set up the kingdom. And the scriptures are woven throughout the Old Testament about uh, Christ coming as King of Kings. And so when Christ came, um, as it is shown on this chart, after 483 years from that command, Christ came. They were looking for a king who was going to um, tromp on the, on the Romans mm-hmm. and give them, set up the kingdom. They were looking for that. Um, that's going to happen, but it was the, what we call now the second coming. The first coming, he comes as a suffering servant.
1: And isn't it interesting that there's so many times even in each of our individual lives that we're looking for an immediate solution and the Lord has other plans. Yes. And sometimes we need to wait and be prayerful and and know that whatever God has planned is so much better than than what we can even imagine.
2: Yeah, I can't you know that is exactly right, because the whole new New Testament uh just expounds uh the incredible truths that are wrapped up in the church the the good news uh, i mean we're we're adopted into his family we actually become children of god uh that was the old testament didn't see that they they saw nothing of the the blessings that are uh, showered upon us as christians Uh by the same token, if there's if there's anyone who is listening who has never put their faith and trust in Christ, and and this is a personal thing, it isn't you. You can't just say, "Well, I know about this." You have to know Him, and if you know Him, your life is different. Mm-hmm. If you don't know Him. You are bound for eternal hell. That's just as simple as the as the gospel is.
0: So I would also add that one of the questions that people come to is why why a blood sacrifice, and why did Christ then represent and become the perfect sacrifice? Because the 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 sacrificial system in Jewish culture was to make atonement for sin mm-hmm. through blood however is it hebrews
1: it's hebrews 10:4 10, 10, 10:4 can you read that sure for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins
0: so even through that system which which you said is why they had to do it over and over again it's this exactly constant atonement for sin because because the bl- blood of Goats and bulls and sheep does not atone for sin. you needed a uh, blameless, perfect sacrifice, which was Christ. and so why did Christ have to die because he died once for all to atone for the sins of the world, which is why he had to why he had to die and be crucified. so
1: which is why that grace is available to everyone and people make their choice um, whether or not to believe? The,
2: the good news is that Christ's sacrifice is sufficient, mm-hmm. and there is no need of further sacrifice. There is no sacrifice. He finished it all. And those Old Testament sacrifices were just a pointer Um an object lesson that taught the necessity of blood. But it wasn't the blood of bulls and goats. It was the blood of the
0: sinless Son of God. Because I should point out, and I don't, I don't want to get too far off in the weeds. We'll come back here. But because when Christ died, and he said, it is finished, and in the temple, <laughs> the curtain that separated... The holy place from the holy of holies was torn in two. Right, and how difficult would it have been to tear that? Because it was torn from top to bottom, and we've done we've done whole studies on what that curtain was made of, but it was basically impossible. Yeah, for this to be torn. Yeah, they
2: you couldn't tear it apart with a team of horses. It was about the thickness of the palm of your hand. And it was uh, meticulously woven together with uh, thread and some silver and gold. Um, it was just impossible. And it when the crucifixion occurred, it just was ripped from top to bottom because God was showing everybody that the way, into the presence of God was now open.
0: Now open because the blood of the perfect sacrifice had been accepted as atonement for the sins of the world. So you don't need the priest anymore.
2: Don't need. And in fact, as the New Testament says, uh, we are the priests. Uh, If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you are a priest and a holy nation. And it's just it's just phenomenal uh, the grace that He has given to us, and uh, again, if there is anyone who is listening here who has never trusted Christ, please do that. I just beg you to do it now. Uh, the grace that He is offering to you is without measure. You can't even believe what he has in store for you as a matter of fact the scripture says eye has not seen ear has not heard neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him so you can't even imagine what he's what he's got for you but by the same token what he's got for you if
0: you refuse that grace is staggering don't go there doesn't it make you wonder what happened to that curtain <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know I was just sitting here thinking why is when you think about we were just talking about the sacrifices in the Old Testament and uh, it's it's the blood and what how do we live it's we all have blood mm-hmm. and think about when uh, the judgments came on pharaoh and they had to paint the blood over the the doorpost mm-hmm. so that the angel of death would pass by so that they could live the blood gives you life it's the blood of christ that gives you life <laughs>
2: okay well um we did get off track a little bit not too much so so if you look back over at the uh information on in the right hand Uh, side of the chart. Um, know Know and understand this. From the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. That's the birth of Christ. It will be rebuilt, Jerusalem that is, with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. And that is the description of the cross. He will be cut off, executed, and he will have nothing. Now, on your chart, you'll see there's a note that is in red. Uh, Note some mysteries here. That is, there are things that are not revealed in this Uh, after the anointed one is cut off that are not shown on this chart. We're going to show them to you in a minute, but they're not there. The, The verse goes on and says, the people of the ruler who will come, and the ruler who will come is a name for what we call in the New Testament the Antichrist. The, the ruler who will come is the Antichrist, and he will destroy the city, and of course that is Jerusalem. He will destroy the city and the sanctuary. <clears throat> the end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. So the, <clears throat> the end of the that is going to come like a flood was a description of what happened in A.D. 70. And you remember when we did Matthew 24, we saw the same uh, description given there, mm-hmm. uh, where Jesus said, you see this temple, it shall be torn down. Now, so that's a description that is given here uh, in this passage as well. So
0: I a quick question. <clears throat> so when it says the people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And that you're saying that's the Romans in AD 70, right? So they're described as the people of the ruler who will come. And the ruler who will come is the antichrist. Right. So is there, (laughs) I'm pulling on a, on a long thread here. I can tell (laughs) The, the, so is that specifically, do we know anything more about that other than just that? Are the people of the Antichrist the descendants of Rome? Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes. And the problem, for those who are really interested in knowing exactly where the Antichrist is from, uh, the difficulty is the Roman Empire basically covered all the known world at that time.
0: So, um. Covered basically all of Europe and yeah, all of Europe. down into North Africa. Right, so it could mean so so hence the the popular belief that the Antichrist is of European descent.
2: <laughs> exactly. That's about a, that's about all you can do. There are other verses um, that give clues about the Antichrist. Uh, I don't have any of those verses in here. I I personally never thought. Uh, it was uh, terribly important. Maybe maybe as we get closer to the end times, um, maybe it will become more obvious. Um, but at this point, we can just say they were part of what at that time was the Roman Empire. Right.
0: And besides that, he won't be revealed. Yes. Until after the church is gone. That's right. More than likely so. We can only speculate, but it really doesn't matter. If you are in Christ, it's interesting to speculate, but it's not going to really matter to you. Right. Yeah, that's that's one of the
2: reasons why I never (laughs) spent a lot of time on it, because it will happen, but we're going to be gone. So uh, either we're going to be gone because of the rapture or we're going to be gone because we've passed away. So Mm -hmm. either way. It's not really key. Right.
1: (laughs) That's all the time we have for today, friends. Thanks so much for listening through to the end. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and share this with your friends and family. And until next time, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We love you all. We are grateful for you. March on, saints, and be filled with the Spirit.
0: Who are these people?